chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. We're here keeping you on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. With us today, we have Joe Hodis, Chief Marketing Officer at Dixie Brands. Joe, thanks for coming on the show. You bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. At least there's no plane flight to come out to, to jump on here anyways. So Dixie Elixir, it's kind of a synonymous, almost a household name at this point. Tell me, how, how did you guys get to this? Yeah, that's what we tell ourselves, at least. It's a household name. But <laughs> And then we step outside the cannabis world and realize, oh, wait, not everyone knows who Dixie is. So we started the company five years ago with what at the time was called just a pot soda. And over the past five years in Colorado, primarily through the trajectory of marijuana legalization from medical to recreational, we've grown to uh, anywhere between 30 and 40 products and uh, about 100 SKUs against those products. So the size and the scope of the company on the Dixie Elixirs and edible side has grown to include topicals, tinctures, chocolates. So the, you know, the elixir that we were originally known for is, is just one of many products that we now have. But in addition to that, as you and I chatted about a little bit before the show, the, the idea that we are the future of cannabis and taking a, a much broader approach to, to the plant and looking at new product lines like Assesso, which is a, a wellness product, and then uh, Therabis, which is a pet-based product. So you mean the the future of cannabis isn't simply getting to actually have it in all 50 states and not go to jail for it? That is, yeah, (laughs) I'd like to mention, that's very much part and parcel of of our mission is to promote the legalization of cannabis. So, you know, I I don't mean to say that it's only on the product development side that the future of cannabis exists. It's actually in in a future state when we do all have access to cannabis and that there is innovation and that we are not, I guess, targeted or pinpointed for either consumption or production of that product. So now you, you obviously, you haven't always been in cannabis, and, and your pedigree is, is actually, it would, to me, appear to be quite diverse from what a, a typical cannabis consumer or patron would be. So uh, you, were, uh, you were spokesman for Frontier Airlines in the, in the mid-2000s, VP role at Smashburger, vice president of Vladimir Jones, you know, I mean, just an incredible pedigree. Uh, Excel Energy, as a matter of fact, you know, and, and me being a, an, you know, an energy-efficient lighting designer, I'm very, very familiar with what you guys would do. And then you, you fall into Dixie. So how did that happen? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a normal trajectory to you? Well, you know, interestingly enough, the more I talk, the more it is. But it's it's important that we shine a light that, you know, we are all normal. And the propensity exactly. for us to be like-minded is, is a lot greater than than what we might have originally thought. To get into Dixie, how did, how did that trajectory happen for you? Well, there's actually a, a crossing of paths that occurred. So when I was with Vladimir Jones, which is a mid-sized agency, well, probably small agency. We had about 80 employees between our Springs office and our Denver office. We had, there's a young lady who worked for me and she came back from lunch and said, hey, I just had lunch with my friend Trip Heber, who has just started a pot soda company and they need some brand help. Would we be interested in doing that? And this was early on in, in retail sales of medical. And I said, yeah, that sounds really interesting. 
let's do that. And I've always been a fan of legalization and, and a fan of the plant. And so I thought that sounds like a lot of fun. So they came in and Tripp did an excellent job of selling us a, of a vision that was far greater than where they were at the time. But my agency ended up doing the logo for Dixie, as well as a little bit of research and some public relations work. And that's really where I met Trip. And that logo that we now have today was you know, from my agency. And Trip, I think, often gave credit to my ability to see their potential back then. And so we, you know, we just kind of struck up a friendship. And when legalization began looking like more and more of a reality, I recall I was on the phone with him one day after a tough day at the office. Uh, and I said, you know, it's too bad you guys can't afford to hire me because I'd come work for you. And that kind of began the discussion. I, you know, I, I knew that there was something both amazing about Dixie, but also about the potential for, for the industry. And, and the, for me as a marker, the idea of being able to help shape that and be someone who is on the inside making this happen, boy, that was a really compelling proposition for me. And I went and I talked to all of my friends and family, my mentors, everybody I could find that would listen to me about this decision. And I'm not exaggerating when I say not one of them said, don't do it. They all said, you kick yourself if you don't do it. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, uh, as mentioned before, I'm a uh, energy efficient lighting designer and, uh, you know, I, I happen to be a bit of an activist in the, in the cannabis community and, uh, you know, uh, LED seems to be uh, one of those things that is really, you know, accelerating in, in the marketplace now. And, and, mm-hmm. and I happen to have a bit of a pulse on that. So I, I wound up starting a, uh, you know, little LED horticulture company and I was able to actually entice my mentor to come work with me. And it's, one of these gaps that is really interesting that we may not have at once endangered ourselves to jump into that type of a conversation. And as we fast forward each year, it's, it's a conversation that's easier and easier to have. And more importantly, people are softening to the idea. And maybe they might, may or may not partake, but they understand that it's, it's not something that should be, should be harmful for your, you know, your, obviously your health, but it also shouldn't you know, incarcerate you for the use or possession of. Now, you had mentioned that you guys are, are obviously for recreational use. I mean, it expands the market for everybody. So what do you guys do to help push forward recreational use laws that are you know, getting on, on the ballot measures, right? You know, working to get their signatures on the ballot. Well, there's, there's a number of things, the, the number of ways I can answer that. First of all, at a very base level, we are big proponents, supporters of some of the national organizations that are working on some of that. So, for example, TRIP is a founding board member, and we are currently still supporters of and, and members of NCIA. We are board members of Marijuana Policy Project. We support locally in Colorado organizations like the Marijuana Industry Group and the Canada Business Association. So, through those associations, we're letting them kind of do some of the, the heavy lifting on a national level. But in addition to that, and I think equally as important, we look at who we are as a company and how we foster good relationships at the regulatory and legislative levels and provide a good blueprint for how legalization can work. You know, I just today had a, an interesting discussion with a group of, of edibles companies, and it's a, a group that and we get together on a, on a regular basis to talk about how do we bring this forward to other states? How do we ensure that states that are considering legalization, whether medical or recreational, but hopefully recreational, that they are understanding at a, at a comprehensive level what it takes to do that and then doing it the right way? So it is top of mind for us always, and we're consistently pushing at all ends and levels to, to ensure that legalization moves forward. 
Right now, I believe we have five solid states in our sites right now. I'm in Arizona. I would consider it a, a battleground state. You know, certainly what happens here is going to resonate strongly with our neighbors who may or may not have anything that comes around in 2016. You know, with with cannabis, it's it's interesting because what generally seems to be the the cause and effect of its illegality is either you know a religious factor or a profiteering factor. You know, people are just terrified of whatever their god seems to say about cannabis, so they immediately say no, it's bad. Or simply, you know, we have our prison state that needs to you know be fueled by by this. Now, you had mentioned, you know, regulatory, and I see in a lot of states people are are honestly, the communities are, are balking to a degree with the thought of regulatory uh, structure. And we have to think for a moment that anything that we, we actually consume, whether it has cannabis in it or not, is regulated from, you know, our tomatoes to our socks. What do you think about that? You know, I mean, how 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 was Colorado in comparison to some of these other states? Was there a much infighting? Was it like Washington State where there was, you know, just a, a complete, you know, an utter uh, just angst towards a regulatory framework? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it's, it's, every, it's every day. There's angst. There's discussion. There's pushback. Just this week has been a really challenging week in Colorado with some issues that have come up very quickly. And so... The angst, as you describe it, it doesn't go away with regula- with with regulation. It's not as if we say, "All right, we're you know we're ready to be regulated. We're we're fine," and we roll over and we capitulate. Regulation in Colorado, and why I like what we've done here is regulation is a dialogue. There is an ongoing dialogue between us and the regulators and government officials and the community, and so we're I believe coming up with frameworks that are going to potentially be good frameworks for other states as they as they look to legalize. Again, that's not to say that I'm happy about everything that's happened. Like I said, this week was a really, really tough week. Two very big things came up that are going to affect our business. But we're trying to work through them. We we understand for the most Joe, part gotta, where they're coming from. Joe, we got to take a quick break. Let's, let's talk yeah. about these hurdles that have happened when we yeah. get back. Folks, quick break. State of Cannabis, Joe Hodes, Dixie Elixirs. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com, when we return. Dr. Dagger, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's orders. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis 
and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Joe Hodes, Chief Marketing Officer at Dixie Brands. Also, recently, a CBD Pets a Therabis will be coming around to you guys soon, and, and Asios. Joe, thanks again for coming. Tell me, I, I probably didn't pronounce Asios right. What is it uh, called again? Asesso. <laughs> Asesso, you know, it it looks wonderful. It just doesn't seem like it should ring off the tongue that way after a couple of bowls. You know, <laughs> so you know, you were mentioning some hurdles that you guys are facing within the last couple of weeks. Tell us about those. So the hurdles actually have a little bit of a historic background. Last year, in what I would kind of phrase as a, a little bit of a knee jerk reaction to some of the tragic incidents that occurred with people over consuming and then behaving. Uh, in a way that that led to some some bad outcomes, the legislators passed what was called House Bill 1366, which essentially required marking, stamping, shaping, or otherwise, you know, coloring products outside of their package so they're identifiable. It really didn't solve, didn't really address the the, the question that was the big one, which is people overconsuming. But regardless, that was House Bill 1366. It was passed last year. We convened we convened four work groups last year with. Everyone from Colorado Department of Public Health to Children's Hospital to industry folks to food packaging and manufacturing experts, and this work group met four times, was really not able to come to any conclusions whatsoever, went back to con- the Marijuana Enforcement Division, went back to Congress and said, hey, this is the information we have, but we really don't have a final recommendation. And Congress said, well, you need to get a final recommendation. Here's exactly what we expect. So we reconvened again this year. And this was one one part of the, of the revised rules they've come up with that they've just put out there in the public about two weeks ago. But as part of the House Bill 1366, they are eliminating, as it stands currently, and it hasn't been finalized yet, but they would eliminate all products that were what, what they called impracticable to mark or stamp that are beyond a single dose, which they consider to be 10 milligrams or less. So our elixir, which is one of our top-selling products, would fall into that category of products that can't be shape or mark or stamp or otherwise denoted outside of the package. So that potentially that product gets eliminated and we can only make 10 milligram elixirs moving forward. There's several other ramifications like that, but you know, that that's a challenge that we are still facing right now. We haven't finalized that, but that was all discussed this week in addition, which the city of Denver dropped a, a memo all of a sudden yesterday that basically outlined all of these products that may be quarantined because they have an issue with certain pesticides. Granted, there's no science behind it. There's no clarity around the memo. So then you have dispensaries and manufacturers, everyone scrambling, saying, oh, my gosh, is this product going to be confiscated? So, the, you know, that's just a typical week in the cannabis industry. <laughs> so there's no real sure footing is what you're saying, even even still at this point when cannabis yeah. is legal in Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. We're getting there. I mean, I think each time we go through this, I hope, okay, well, this will be it for a little while. 
And then sure enough, something else comes up, but we're getting there. And again, back to what I said earlier, the good news is that at the very least there's a dialogue at the very least, you know, we are engaged in this. It's not, usually it's not being done to us or, you know, without our knowing that it's coming, but regardless, it doesn't make it any less painful. I had Allison Holcomb on the uh, the show a couple weeks back, and yeah. she described creating a law like making sausage. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like a meat grinder. You try to get everything in that you possibly can, and you know, there's there's still going to be those hiccups. You know, I mean, we still have people that are absolutely terrified of cannabis. You know, so they'll key in on the two or three incidences of someone over medicating, and and obviously, you know, over medicating is kind of uncomfortable, you know, to be quite frank, when you're on medibles. One of the scariest events of, well, maybe not the scariest, but certainly most uncomfortable. Uh, My life was, uh, you know, eating a a little shortbread cookie, maybe an inch and a half in diameter. (laughs) And, you know, I I just Mm -hmm. popped it in my mouth. And, you know, I mean, the effect was probably, you know, uh, maybe a thousand milligrams. And there was no real way of of measuring that out. And, And, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, like if we're trying to teacher our elderly hey you know this is this is safe and they're accidentally over medicated it becomes it, it becomes a challenge because they'll, they'll never want to go back they'll say hey this is the the worst thing that has ever happened to me i never want to touch that again i'd rather you know pop a percocet so i mean you know, some, some of the labeling i, I honestly I, I find it to be absolutely paramount that we know exactly and precisely what we're putting in our body. And, and, and that's also one of the challenges as well because, you know, we're, we're only now at the point where we can start actually testing things. And I don't mean just for content. I mean testing on, on humans and uh, finding out what really does what. You know, is, is it a sativa? Is it an indica? Or is it a terpene that, that causes the, the various effects in our, in our body? And mm-hmm. so, you know, when, when we look at those types of things, what do you what do you think is on the horizon for us to find you know real product development and and tailoring for very specific reasons in in medibles? Well, I think that's that's definitely coming up, but I, I want to I'll get to that answer in kind of just a second. I want to back up to the whole dosing piece, and and I think you're definitely correct, and it's something that we in Colorado began to realize, particularly recreational, that the recreational consumer is different than maybe a medical consumer, and frankly. Even medical consumers obviously vary. So the the dosing requirements that we have and labeling requirements in Colorado, they require us to clearly indicate the number of milligrams in a serving and in the entire package. And then we have tried to educate around that with programs like Start Low, Go Slow, suggesting that people do not consume more than five milligrams on their very first time and or subsequent times until they understand their comfort level, that edibles interact with their body differently. It's it's a delta nine versus eleven, and you know, in terms of the the liver processing the THC. So there's a number of things that that we can begin doing now immediately that will help with that overconsumption issue. Now, that being said, in terms of what the future holds, I, I believe that there's rapidly becoming an opportunity for things like you know uh, fractionation and cannabinoid isolation and understanding how various terpenes affect the outcome of of an experience. And I think that we're getting there. It's just taking a little time. And I think that we I think we want things to happen so rapidly and so quickly, but we don't really have the infrastructure to to support that, right? Because you don't have major universities right now doing that kind of research. It's all being bootstrapped. It's all being funded by companies that are in the space already. And as we all know, we don't have access to banking. We don't have access to the equipment that we need to really begin to innovate at a at a, a more you know global level 
around products. But we're certainly getting closer. You know, we, we got to take a quick break, folks. When we get back, Joe Hodas, Dixie Brands, State of Cannabis. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, cannabis nurse Heather. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Joe Hodes, Chief Marketing Officer at Dixie Brands. Joe, we've we've had some interesting discussions, uh, you know, regarding you know, obviously, just a moment ago, uh, dosing and, and things of that nature. I'd like to touch on on some of your newer things, though, and and you know, it's it's pets that we always have a, a little bit of a resonation for, and and often we don't think in terms of utilizing cannabis as a medicine, but certainly it, it is beneficial. So tell us about Therberis or Therabis, right? So, Therabis, <laughs> Therabis. So yeah, Therabis actually, uh, we're really excited about it. It was a formulation that a veterinarian, Dr. Stephen Katz, had created about 10 years ago to address things like itching, anti-anxiety, and uh, joint mobility in pets. And he used all natural ingredients and he had this you know, really unique formula that he was leveraging his veterinarian practice in the Bronx in New York. And then as he began to understand more and more about cannabis and, and CBD in particular, he began to incorporate CBD into his formulation and began to see even better results than he was previously. So we began to connect with Dr. Katz several years ago, and the dialogue began around his desire to, to really 
put cannabinoids front and center within his formulations and his desire to leverage our branding and, and packaging capabilities and our knowledge of CBD infusion. And that began this relationship, and we've, it's kind of led to the launch of, of Therabis, uh, which took place last week. We won't have product out until probably November at this point. But the whole goal of the company, which and we all sat in a room, we said, what are we, what are we trying to do with this? And we really came to this, what I think is a really cool kind of a positioning for the company, which is the idea that by giving pet owners the ability to help their pets, we actually are ultimately creating a deeper bond between pet and family. And that in turn creates a better human being because we all know that the feeling that you get by being able to help this animal that is otherwise helpless without you being involved, it's an amazing feeling. It just makes you a better person for doing so. And that's really the, the goal of a therapist is to, to give pet owners the tools to be able to help their pets. Now, because it's uh, CBD based, That'll be available everywhere without having to have a medical or recreational law currently in place in that state, correct? That is correct, yes. Now, in, in Colorado, you guys are starting to gear up more for, for some industrial hemp, correct? That is correct, yes. What do you think are the challenges of cross-pollination with the hemp and other, you know, more medical variety of cannabis? Do you need cross-pollination as it relates to product development or, or literally in terms of the crop itself? I mean, with the crop itself. <laughs> Are you guys putting um, in distance of which you, you can operate or, you know, is there is there anything being put in place to kind of, you know, keep the, the boys in, in place, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I'll be honest, you know, the grow area is not a huge area of expertise for me. We do not have significant, we a small grow and we won't be growing any industrial hemp as Dixie. So at this point, at least, so I don't really have a good answer for you on that. I, I know that, you know, obviously everyone's aware of it. And, you know, in Colorado, ultimately, it's incumbent upon the grower to ensure the safety of, of his or her crop because the plants themselves will be registered through the metric system and go through a testing process, whether industrial hemp or marijuana. And, you know, at the end of the day, if that crop does cross-pollinate and you're really re- trying to grow it as industrial hemp, it will be classified differently if it has, you know, a stipend amount of THC in it. So I think everyone is aware of it and is doing what they can to protect their crops. And if they're not, then they, they probably should be. Right. You know, we're about out of time. Is there is there anything that you'd like to say, you know, about the movement in general? Any any words of advice? No, I just, I guess in terms of words of advice, I mean, I just think it's far more challenging than people probably recognize when they're just getting into this space, you know, as a, business owner, not necessarily just an activist, but as a business owner and activist, it is really challenging and it's going to require a lot of diligence and a lot of hard work. And as much as there's great and positive momentum, we can't let up because I think, you know, ultimately if we do so, that timeline just will, will extend further and further out. It's the end game right now and, and we got to finish strong. There's no reason to roll our sleeves up and, and really get after it. You know, I think most of that is all due to education, you know, teaching the people that what we do is safe, efficacious. If anything else, none of anybody else's business if we're at our own home. Right. (laughs) You know, Joe, I want to thank you for coming on the show and and taking your time out. And, and, you know, again, just to to recap a couple of things that we've talked about, you know, obviously your, your background and how you got into cannabis. Thank you for doing that and then speaking loud afterwards because th- those are the things that we need to do to to help educate people that it's it's not something that cobbles you. 
It's something that you just live with. It, one day we'll find it where it's simply not unique anymore and it just simply exists. And that's where I hope to be soon. That'll be a great day. Joe, thanks again for coming on the show. We Thank you, guys. We definitely appreciate everything you do. Thank you for joining us for this edition of The State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our show by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook, Google+. I'm your host, Dave Inman. We'll talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.